0: Oh, hello there. Welcome to 100X Engineering. (laughs) I am just my name is Carter Hesterman. I'm just here exploring the metaverse with my Oculus Quest 2 here. Sorry, Meta Quest 2. That's a flex. But we're uh we're gonna call it Oculus because meta is a silly name. Um I'm not opinionated on it. Uh Drew, I didn't even see what you were doing this time. Did you have another lightsaber?
1: I'm just not even gonna tell you. Only our, <laughs> our two point four million viewers will, will know what happened.
0: Now I have to go back and rewatch the recording. I can't. I always cringe at myself when I do that, so <laughs> you can't wait really to do this. Anyways, yeah, welcome to 100X Engineering, the show where you, your loved ones, and any and all around you who are watching will learn the skills, techniques, principles that you need to become a 100X engineer. Um, I'm your host, Carter Hesterman. This is my co-host, Drew Johnson, um, also known as Drew the Strongman, Drew the Destroyer, that's what it was, your gamer tag. Drew the Destroyer. Drew the Destroyer. Also Drew the Strongman, though, in some circles. Uh, we refer to you as that.
1: Uh, see.
0: Topics <laughs> for banter today. Um, I purchased a couple of kittens over the weekend. What did you
1: do? Didn't do that. I almost got electrocuted a few times. Just an average Tuesday or Saturday yeah. for,
0: in the Johnson house. You, know,
1: you either go out by kittens or you spend time replacing your outlets and, you know, learn a little bit about circuitry.
0: I feel like both of those could be, like, abstracted into, like, 100X engineering principles of, like, you're trying new things or it's like you take on cute cuddly animals. I'm like, why get one when you can get two? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Tips for being
1: a better engineer.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's a, you know, scope creep in your life. Uh, Food for the soul. Um, Other things. I went to a black keys concert last night. Um, I'm a black keys fan. Pictures of your kittens. Okay, Ashley, way to make, way to call my bluff. So I reserved the kittens. They're only a month old though. So I actually bring them home uh in a month from now so they will they will actually make an appearance on the stream in one of my intros i promise you because what's going to be more epic the than kittens. Around and stroking two cats on my lap uh, like These a well-behaved superman. cats oh <laughs> uh, <laughs> it'll be it'll be great um anyways uh drew i have all notes here to address our episode title do you want to address it i think
1: it's a hilarious title Oh, no, thank you. Who, who would win in a fight, a senior or a staff engineer? It's very aggressive. It's it is very aggressive. Promoting a little bit of violence there. Yeah,
0: edgy uh, gets you really thinking. Um, let that be one of your interests. Oh, I already clarified that. That will be one of my interests. It on show, will be. He
1: will do that for sure.
0: Absolutely. I'll. They'll be small kittens, so they might have to be on my shoulders, and I have long hair, so we'll see. That'll, that'll be great. Um, I'll have to have my wife or daughter on. Me so I can just kind of throw them off screen when I'm done with them um, gently. I Are love you sure you're word.
1: qualified to be a cat
0: owner? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm not sure, but I've done research, so we'll see. Uh, yeah, it's kind of an aggressive episode title. I was like, I don't know how I feel about this, but essentially what we're saying, I'll intro our guest here in a moment, uh, is who would win a fight, Drew, a senior engineer or a dear friend of mine, uh, that I will intro in a moment, who is a staff engineer at Divi, uh, an excellent human being, a fantastic dungeon master, uh, somebody I've had very mentally engaging conversations with, the founder of guilds at Jupiter One by inspiring me, my muse, give a round of applause for Cody Pohl, the man, the myth, the legend. Cody, welcome.
2: Hey, good to see you, Carter. Hey, Drew.
0: Likewise, hey. dude. Um... I, I missed a bunch of stuff in the intro. Do you want to give a brief introduction to yourself, fill any of the gaps I might have left, tell us about yourself?
2: I mean, I don't know how I can top everything that you said. I mean, the number one thing on my resume is, of course, that I am a dungeon master in our gaming group. Uh, it's uh, actually That's what landed me a job at Divi. There's
1: lots
0: of bad ones out there. So.
2: Yeah, so I, like you said, I work at Divi. I'm an engineer there. I've led a lot of our initiatives around service communication, eventing, Kafka-ish stuff.
0: Uh,
2: it's a good time and a good place.
0: It's a good, yeah, it's, uh, Divi's a pretty sweet, I know a lot of people that work at Divi, uh, we, we're kind of like, we used to work, so Cody and I used to work together, that's how we actually connected in the first place at Podium, mm-hmm. and then uh, I, I, know a bunch of people from Podium that went and could go and work at Divi, Divi, <laughs> interestingly enough, is, uh, Jupiter One and Divi have a partnership of sorts, uh, so I feel like that kind of makes, like, you, our work cousins. so like drew and i are like cousins to you somehow if like our jobs are our parents like the sales team is like the family and they have these reunions where they negotiate contracts every year next cousin. time you
2: come over for game night i'll have to grab the whip and keep you in shape
0: <laughs> i don't know how you cheat your cousins in real life so we won't explore
1: that <laughs> we shouldn't go down that rabbit hole i was just thinking like what's is it make carter my dad or my grandfather what is this uh, Carter is right your, right
0: your work sibling in this case, we'll say. Oh, that. okay, we're siblings, uh, got If anybody has any clarification on the work family tree, though, please leave a comment in the comment section on LinkedIn or YouTube, and I will be sure to shout that out because I can use some guidance on this. And this is something I do want to explore. Um, oh, gosh. So, uh, Drew, do you want to kind of describe what we're going to be talking about today, aside from the fact that who would win in a fight, you or Cody? And I do not know the answer to that question because – Drew, that, you know,
1: absolutely, no, 100%. I, mean, I my money on Cody. Um, nope. I don't, I don't really. I think we're just going to talk about the different roles. We're going to talk about like career progression in engineering. I'm going to play the noob in this situation because that is what I am compared to you two, and you guys are going to relay your expertise and seasoned skills onto the viewers, all two million of them. Oh, they're screwed. <laughs> uh, and then <laughs> you say two million.
0: Four million, Drew. You got to get the. Number. Oh, you're right.
1: Well, people are still joining Carter. It's it's not quite. Well,
0: okay, it. but you're you're excluding four hundred thousand people there. Uh, he that's realized fine.
2: how many of them were the Twitter bots Elon was complaining
1: about. Uh very true. And
0: it's actually so we actually don't stream on Twitter, but it's the Twitch bots. So I, th- I think that's fair. Yeah
1: before <laughs> I, I almost spoiled our game that we're playing but i know that's something you like to intro so, so. i'll let
0: you intro the game you can intro the game
1: but uh I, I guess yeah
0: the topic though before we intro the game yeah so we want to talk about staff level engineering versus senior level engineering uh mm-hmm. if you hail back to i think episode one or two of 100x engineering we talked with henry garrett i think about what makes a senior engineer That's somewhere back there um so we're not going to cover that too much but more of like you're at the senior level, how does the staff level differ? If you're at the staff level, how do you relate with senior engineers? Um, and we have a very diverse representation in this group as far as job goes. We're a bunch of white males, so we do not, we need to work on diversity there. But um, as far as like uh, where we've gone in our careers, so you have Drew, who's a senior engineer. Uh, you have Cody, who's a staff level engineer. Uh, and then myself who is at kind of the senior level, but then went more on the management side of things. So I didn't quite go into like the distinguished engineering route. Uh, so, yeah, I'm interested in. I'm excited for some of the conversation we'll have here.
2: you distinguished to me, so, Carter.
0: That means a lot. I, that, that is high phrase. You're really the only opinion in this world that I value. So, um, <laughs> don't tell Drew or Phil or. I won't tell Lydia either. Uh, uh, <laughs> she's on board with it. <laughs> um, she, she knows. My wife, uh, for those of you that don't know her, I guess. And if you do, we should talk because that's weird. Um, Drew, do you want to intro the game before we get into our discussion topics?
1: Yes. The game, is is it stug.io? It is stug.io. I this... mean, we say stugio. Stug, stugio. I don't really know what if that's an acronym or what, but it is this tank game, and it is so cool.
0: Oh, I, shout out to Phil Gates' item. I knew uh, you I, were going to show that. <laughs> thank you, Phil. <laughs> Phil was my boss, for those of you that didn't watch episode three, uh, and that means a lot. I could show a picture of Phil on this, but I've done that too many times already. So I'm going to resist the urge. Um, should we do, should we do with Randos or should we have a private game? Let's do a private game.
2: Private game, please. Oh my gosh, I got destroyed when we were doing the AV check earlier. <laughs> what makes it's like hopping on, on Smash, Smash Brothers good. online and just getting beat down into the blast zone. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it hurts. Yeah. All
0: right, disable bots. Yeah, we'll disable, we'll disable Twitter bots from joining us. Okay, feel free to join us on Dougie, I'm going to drop it here in the restream chat. Um, If you're on LinkedIn or YouTube, you might not be able to see it, I'm realizing. So uh, Tyler or Ashley, if you could go and post that on the LinkedIn comments for me, that would be super helpful. Um, But yeah, please join us. Uh, It is a very simple game. It's fun. uh, And I need to share my screen. I did not get that up and running. So I will do that while we're going. But a very simple tank game where you drive around and shoot other tanks. So kind of taking off our discussion, though, while I'm getting uh, Streamlabs set up, uh, Cody, how would you describe the role of a staff engineer? Like, if you made a job description for staff engineer, what would be, like, the first things you would call out for it?
2: Well, honestly, if, it's, uh, if staff level is something that's an evolution of senior, perhaps we should start with the base of a senior, and then we can start describing how staff is different from that.
0: I like that. That's a good idea. That's a good approach. Drew? Do you want to give an yeah, no, I want to hear I'm your the thoughts on the team level. How would you describe your job? And then I actually want to hear your thoughts on this as well, Cody.
1: I'm trying to remember how we, how, what we talked about in the previous episode, but I mean, it's, it's basically a lower level version of where you're at is what I'm assuming. And that, you know, you're a technical expert in your domain or multiple domains. You should be able to provide technical and I don't know, like also non-technical mentorship and leadership to your team or whoever you're working with. Um, I think that's a big component of it. Uh, what else did we talk about?
0: Cody, how would you describe it?
1: So senior engineering is kind
2: of the boom. Uh, senior I wasn't engineer, <laughs> so senior engineering is the career level. It's a thing where. If, if you stop doing anything, you can kind of just coast there for the rest of your career, and you're good. If you stay as a junior or a mid-level for, let's say, 15 years, people are going to hit you up on LinkedIn and just be like, why are you still a mid-level, you know? A senior engineer is the one that leads for their team, I feel like. They're the one who are able to take all the parts of your application and understand why they work together the way that they do.
0: I like that objection. I feel like, yeah, I feel like a senior engineer is like a highly effective an engineer who's able to operate like highly effectively. Wow, I'm lagging so hard with uh, this restream going in my stream being on here. Um, I also think uh, one of the things we've talked about historically is like a, uh, oh, eat my wall, Drew. Um, I think
1: we're on the uh, same team.
0: We're on, damn it. <laughs> We're all on the same team. Well, just for good measure, here we go. I missed. Okay. Um, I think like when you get to like the senior level, you're able to like expand your vision beyond just like my work and the things that I'm doing, and you're able to see how the work you're doing fits into the company or the team as a whole. You have peripheral vision and can kind of tackle problems at a more abstract scale, if you will. Um, which I feel like that's actually like the I can't remember which book I was reading. Uh, It might've been Elegant Puzzle by Will Larson, but it's saying like essentially like the higher you go up in your career, the more ambiguity you face, right? Like when you're a junior engineer, I need to give like very clear instructions to a junior engineer. But for like principal level engineers on our team or staff level engineers, uh, I hope to be able to kind of plop them down into place and say, okay, like you're a a brilliant person, add value. Tell me what you can do. Like, what do you want? (laughs) Maybe that's bad management on my part. What do you think, Cody?
2: So a junior engineer, like, let's think about this in progression. A junior engineer needs handholding for all of the things. A mid-level engineer should be able to do well-defined tasks without a whole lot of supervision. Typical things like uh, depending on what your company does, maybe a uh, crud kind of work in, in your application, uh, writing queries, that kind of stuff. A senior engineer is the one who can provide that guidance for a team of mid levels and juniors who are trying and help level them up. Now, if we step up beyond that team level, then we start getting into the staff engineer. Um, a staff engineer might lead a department or a set of teams working together on a major project. They might be working on different projects, they might have the same manager or different managers. But the point is that the staff engineer is a domain expert beyond what you would expect from a senior i mean that's not too insightful of course you want the staff engineer to be beyond a senior um that's why it's phrased as progression there but like oh man tanks tanks uh my brain cannot help (laughs) was that you that we just just
0: ganged up on (laughs) Yeah, you
2: just saying it was it was I think we just it was together. a it
1: was a massacre there. <laughs> <'Cause> like destroying <laughs> the
0: new between staff level and senior level now.
1: <laughs> Let's go, Drew.
0: Oh shoot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Harder, no, um,
0: no. Shout out to whoever just got that good shot on me. Um I like that abstraction like, yeah, they're able to operate above the, the team level and they're more abstract. Um but they're more of like have like a domain expertise. Uh I, I think of, like the, the staff level engineers that we've hired at our, at our company and like, they certainly like are experts in like a field, which I've, I but would you say there's like staff level engineers who could be generalists or like, do you think the most effective place for a staff level engineer would be would be like any given domain?
2: So it, it depends. Um, this great book about staff engineering uh, by Will Larson called, uh, Oh, I can't remember the title, but it's the subtitle is "Leadership Beyond the Management Track," and I think it's just in it he outlines. Right? What was that, Carter?
0: Is it just called Staff Engineer? It might be.
1: I think it's not. Uh,
2: but he talks about how there's different archetypes of a staff engineer. You might have the tech lead who leads a team or a set of teams in. In their projects, kind of uh, leading them towards their goals. You might have the architect uh, archetype, who is the expert, the deep expert in a cross-cutting domain that's uh, that's used by lots of different projects. You know, uh, you might have someone who is the solver. Uh, I when, when I think of the solver, I immediately go towards my teammate Johnny at Divi, who you just have them work on some hairy problem that you don't want anyone else to f- have to figure out. To make work work, and they will make it work amazingly uh and i the fourth one i'm forgetting what it was oh it's the right hand man where you're uh taking the authority of some executive or uh like a director or someone and you're trying to meet uh stand for them and make sure their goals get met in the workplace and there are probably a billion other possible archetypes uh but the idea is you You can generalists, you can have the deep people at staff, at the staff level, it starts to be more individualized where you figure out how you're going to provide value to your company instead of your company telling you how you
1: should provide value. I think that's cool. I like Go ahead. What I'm hearing is a staff engineer can be whatever they want to be, as long as they provide a ton of value to the company. Right, you're, uh, you're
2: focusing on multiplying. Right, you're trying to take a number of engineers. It, it, it's you're going to provide more value. Taking a hundred engineers and making them one to five percent better than you will typing out a few features by yourself.
0: Right, that's really hard to do. That's it, it also like, candidly as I've like progressed in my career, and, like stepped more into these vague. Um, these like more ambiguous roles, right? Like, you know, as a senior engineer, it's very easy to tell. Like, I'm providing value. Uh, I'm sorry, we got to watch the kill cam here. Let's uh, let's see what's going on here. Somebody get a shot on somebody's keister there. Wow, well done. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, in these more ambiguous roles, I've like I've had a hard time. I was actually talking to Drew about this. In my one, one it was like, Drew, am I a good manager? Like, do I provide value? Um, Andrew is very nice about it, reassuring. But uh, it's hard, you can track your output very easily as like a junior engineer or a senior engineer where it's like, I closed this ticket, I put up this many PRs, I provided this many story points this sprint, mm-hmm. um, however you want to do it. Uh, Ashley has a good question in the chat here. Let me, let me highlight this. How do you measure value to the company? So as a staff level engineer, like, you know, for you, Cody, how do you measure the value that you provide?
2: Um, Oh, that's actually a, a really deep question, because I feel like there's lots of channels.
0: Right, so, I can, so I can smoke Drew here. He's getting yeah, out I actually here.
2: had to stop driving my tank to try and think about that for a second. <laughs> so the big difference there is that there's no one telling you how to report your value. Um, it's going to be different from company to company. But on my team, we don't really track work in JIRA. What we do is we focus on what are our objectives. And for my team, those three objectives are improving our monitoring and alerting, improving our production scale, and improving uh, development and deployment speed. So we can take certain baseline KPIs or, or key results, and we can say things like, like, okay, previously deploys were taking 10 minutes to per deploy, 20 minutes to per deploy, whatever number. They're now taking uh, 15 minutes instead of 20 or 5 instead of 10. Uh, so, th- so there's focusing on business value tricks. A failure to measure is a failure to manage. And that's not something engineers like to hear because how do you measure code, right? Instead of measuring code or tasks, measure your, your business result you want to accomplish and hold engineers accountable for that, especially your staff engineers. Um, we might have things like transaction print for an async data. A pipeline. We might have uh, X percent of our alerts are handled directly by the team instead of having to escalate to some centralized squad responsible for handling incidents. You might measure quality by how many incidents are we having in a month or how many bugs, right? Like you, you can start to measure your through these things as opposed to just how many ticks have I moved into the done column?
0: I uh, what was it? What was the quote you said? I sorry, I was I locked my brain. I was like, Tyler, that's one that we need to quote on Twitter. Uh, failure to measure is a failure to
2: to manage. Yep, uh, that comes failure from a book called The Art of Scalability, and I think the phrase is kind of a management truism. So, uh, uh, but that's where I ran into it was the Art of Scalability, which is about in engineering orgs and how to scale them uh, beyond initial teams.
0: I, I like that. I'm going to give you credit for saying that. Like when we, when we quote on Twitter, this is from Cody Poll.
2: Well, I have to pass uh, it back to the, the people who, <laughs> who actually did it.
0: <laughs> I won't plagiarize. Uh, I really like that though. And like the figuring out, I, I think Austin Kelleher is somebody we had on a previous episode. He's one of our principal engineers here. And uh, I've, We chatted, um, not agnosium, but we chatted a lot about like measure what matters, uh, which I've never actually read it. Also, shout out to whoever just smoked Drew because that's been a long time coming, and that felt really good to see. Uh, You love to see it. Now it's time to go and get Phil. But yeah, I think that like a failure to measure is a failure to manage. But figuring out the correct thing to measure, like you can you can make up metrics. and that's, but like, that's the hard thing. So I think uh, we can probably spend a whole separate episode discussing that. We've covered some ground on this in like a pretty brief amount of time though. Um, kind of shifting gears a little bit of like how, it, I guess that's redundant. My, my next question is be like, how a staff engineer like fits into a team. We've talked about that a little bit, but uh, also I think I just ricocheted a shot off of my side hole onto somebody else on my team. So I'm sorry. Whoever that was. Um, he'll take this bullet for me, I promise. But, I
2: apologize for being awesome. Uh,
0: <laughs> well, I died a second later. Oof. Phil got me, so I think that's him starting his dominance as my as my boss. So, Attributes of being an architect at Jupiter One or you have to be able to beat your directors at Stugio. Or Stug. Uh, <laughs> being a director, you I mean, have to are you able be even an
2: engineer if you can't beat your managers at games?
0: It's true. It's true. So, Drew is an excellent engineer. I'll tell you that right now. Um, for for the product experiment, could you theoretically, whoever just saved my ass, thank you. Uh, whoever, like, Could you theoretically have a team comprised of, like, staff-level engineers? What problems or, like, benefits would you see from that?
2: Um, so, I'll actually tell you a story from my time at Divi. Uh, I was on one of our product teams, and I... In the six to nine months I was on that team, I don't think I merged a single thing related to that team. I was entirely devoted to other initiatives and things that were affecting the wide Now, obviously, uh, this is not good for a number of reasons because if you're not contributing to the team, that can hurt performance reviews, that can team look bad if, if things aren't being delivered quite as quickly. Um, and so there was this tension I was experiencing experiencing between I have immediate needs I need to address, but also I need to be addressing things in our long-term technical strategy that are very much affecting the short-term work we were doing at the time. This was uh, during a major product, uh, a major project for the company in fall of 2020. And so um, the way we responded was we created a separate department from development, which was was dedicated towards architecture and the long-term vision of the company. And this way, they uh, we could set separate objectives and key results for that group as opposed to the part of engineering devoted to product. Now, the problem with that, that approach is that um, there's kind of two sides to this. On the one hand, if architecture is everyone's concern, then in reality, it's no one's concern, right. and it just falls. By the wayside. But all if you have a central group and you label them the architecture group, how do you get people to buy in on, on the idea that they are for architecture and long term initiatives? And I think the balance that we struck between that was that we are dedicating resources to uh, the, this architecture group to things that are going to affect engineers everywhere. Oh man, I'm surrounded. Uh, I'm Jake here for
0: you. He's about to destroy to Live
2: up to his name.
0: I'm coming. <laughs> Send him off. <laughs>
2: um, and, and so we're dedicating resources to our long-term strategy and making sure that we're going to be able to scale both our engineering people and our engineering systems. Um, but teams are still responsible for the health of their services, the health of their parts of the product, right? Um, And I think that's been a good balance. So we have this, currently we have a team that's entirely, oh, sorry, teammate, uh, friendly fire. So currently we have a team that is entirely staff engineers or, But uh, I would love to see us get more senior, and mid-level, and junior engineers on that team uh, because a lot of times these staff engineers are consulting with other teams. They're in meetings with managers and trying to set that technical direction, defining standards, all that kind of stuff. And time spent doing that is time not spent with the the hard deliverables, right? So the main thing is to make sure that the soft work or the glue work is, uh, I can't remember her last name, but Tom she uh, spoke at Lead Dev in New York in 2019 about this idea of glue work versus promotable work. Um, So you have to be doing what your company values. So Divi, I feel like we've had this really good balance between valuing those hard deliverables, uh, the the code, the the shippable things, and also valuing lifting all of engineers and making these 90 to 100 engineers more productive in various ways and finding ways of measuring that increase in productivity.
0: Right. That's interesting. Um, we've kind of done, we've experienced a similar thing with uh, like creating like a kind of a like not a site reliability team for our, kind of in our part of the org, but more of like a, a UI infrastructure and architecture team. Like we've invested like having some. Uh, staff level talent on that team And, and a common theme i've noticed kind of across that is like as a like beyond the senior level like your customer base that you serve changes a little bit from being like the customers to like the fellow engineers um kind of going back to what you were saying originally of like it's a multiplying position which is really hard to do well um hard to measure but like also super valuable uh Oh, Drew, you had nine kills. Who's guessed nine eight eight seven? You were a fiend. Phil, I'm not even going to call you out here. Uh, well <laughs> I hope well there's done.
2: somebody on the stream.
0: I, I, it, it has to be because it's, it's not anywhere else. Um, so on the, uh, one of the things I've noticed actually, this is a, this might be shifting topics a little bit, but I think like anytime you have a team that's lopsided towards like one end of a, like a spectrum or another. Um, so say you have like a team that's super, uh, heavy on like the staff level or senior level, even, um, without very much like junior and mid-level support on it, the classes of work that that team gets the opportunity to invest in changes where you usually get like, if there's like small bugs or like little hairy things, like you have to be very deliberate with like going after those because like. Yeah, we can have our staff level engineers go and work on fixing that CSS issue. But would you rather them do that, or would you rather them implement this new ETL pipeline? Like, of course, the option like it, it doesn't, it doesn't add up. Like, you're not spending your talent where it's best used, maybe.
2: But you can um, have that staff engineer working on defining the standards and the ways of preventing that CSS issue from happening in the future.
0: Yeah, I like that. Um, well, the CSS issue still has to be resolved, right? Yes, it does. And that's uh, that's one thing that we ran into earlier in like the days of like One slash Life Omic was uh, we found that we had to like set aside time to be like, okay, we're gonna like go every Friday at like two o'clock. We're gonna we're gonna turn on some tunes and uh, you know work on resolving little uh, tiny paper cuts on these things. Uh, an idea hijacked from Podium actually. Um, that i took credit for and then i hired somebody from podium and they're like hey Freddie fury we did that and <laughs> there's, a, there's a trend here of carter take, saying you should take credit for things that you didn't take credit for i promise i'm not mad. <laughs> um that's one thing that we noticed oh i did not need to, to that. one you are, thing right?
2: though a staff it's engineer shouldn't be afraid to dive in and tackle those little things i mean one thing that's I don't think there are many things worse for a company's culture than an engineer saying that they're abo- above some kind oh, of class of work, right? Yeah, um, that's,
0: that's toxic.
2: So, definitely getting in there and shoveling out the stables, you know, we've all got to put in that kind of work. And when you have a team of nothing but staff engineers, like you you have to do that, right? right. Because there's you know. And I I think Rather than saying we should delegate that kind of work to um, engineers of a different title, maybe we can talk about how the these en- what it means for an engineer to grow is very different at each level of the ladder. So yes. a staff engineer working on a bug like that, that engineer is not growing. But a junior engineer working on that, they're figuring out how the CSS box model works and the prioritization of different rules. And so this is an opportunity not only for the bug to get resolved, but for that engineer to grow and learn new things by experiencing something. So rather than... Framing it as a this is beneath this kind of engineer or we're better spent putting the money for that engineer's salary towards something else. Maybe we can help an engineer grow by allotting this to someone for whom that challenge to uh, skill level ratio is better, right? Because that's where flow occurs when the skill level of the engineer matches the challenge of the task. I like that. So you're improving um, happiness, you're helping them grow, and you're getting the bug resolved by someone who is able to get into that flow.
0: Um, yeah, you're setting them up for success. Like, you wouldn't put a junior engineer on, like, the things that you're putting your staff on because, like, if they fail, these are, like, mission-critical systems. Like, mm-hmm. and, and, like... Yeah. And I want to be clear. I'm not advocating that we have people that say it's like it's beneath. But it's like if I'm working on like a a critical thing, right, Um, that is something that's like the business is never going to say, yes, you should work on fixing the CSS issue instead of doing this thing that will close this deal. But the CSS issues add up. I like what you're saying about uh, I I really like what you said about like that's uh, where you get into like a flow state where like the, the skill level matches where they're at. Like the difficulty matches like what they're looking for. Drew, you just treaded into dangerous waters here, dude. There's turrets that'll shoot at you. Um, I I think that's profound because yeah, there's definitely uh there's spots where you know you can get your work done. There's like you know you're very comfortable with, and there's spots where it's, there's like a sweet spot of it's just hard enough that uh you're like learning, and that's very fulfilling work.
2: There's a one engineer at Divi who comes to mind actually. Um, she has recently switched teams and is. Uh, acting a bit as a technical lead in a way that is stretching her for this new team. Um, And she's had the opportunity to train in some of our guild meetings about topics that someone new to Elixir, which is the programming language we would use, someone new to Elixir would uh, benefit from. And so uh, this engineer who's growing isn't quite at a a senior title yet, even though in a number of ways I think she's deserving of it. but now we're able to put her on a team where she's able to, number one, stretch herself, lift the team up around her in the process, and it's just good wins all around.
0: Um, that's really interesting. Do you think there's a... What would a scenario be where it's like you're stretching too much? Like, is there a thing that that could look like? I mean,
2: look like? I mean, <laughs> uh, I remember a time where I was working on a... Project that was declared to be pretty important for the company, and I was literally the only software engineer working on it for most of nine to twelve months. Um, it was de- it definitely stretched me, and it was a bit too far. I definitely needed more support, and it just wasn't there for various reasons. Uh, and so, what I experienced was burnout—really hard, heavy burnout—to where. It started making me bitter, and I started speaking negatively about the company. And I realized, like, no, this, I'm stretching myself too far here. And now that was a good growth opportunity for me because number one, I learned what it feels like to be an unsupported engineer. And so now that I'm in a position where I can see other engineers going to that, I can start reaching out to management on their behalf. Because, you know, you get into that state where you've got your blinders on, you're just trying to get through this hard moment. And maybe you need someone from the outside to say, hey, let's get you some help, right? Another way it helped me learn was it definitely stretched my technical abilities. It's where I really learned Kafka in depth and started yeah. learning about Apache Flink and other things um, related to what became kind of a career-defining skill set for me. Um, That's
0: really interesting. It's I, I think those are those can be either some of like the they're always uncomfy experiences, but I think that you can uh you can still proffer and salvage like a decent amount of growth from experiences like that as well. Yes. Um, also, shout out to Dennis uh, if you're 9887 and you're on the other team. Um, also, aside from that, just Dennis, it's great to see you, man. I miss you. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Let's see.
2: Um, um, David Tolman's here, too. Oh, my gosh. We've got the whole game here. we got correct. a lot of good people here.
0: And, Cody, your mic is doing the uh, the ASMR thing again oh
2: the poppy thing uh,
0: yeah let's see david tolman uh, regarding stretching and personal growth i really like how james clear quantifies how much is too little too much or just enough growth here i'm gonna pop this open here if i can let's see can i do that Not. goldilocks rule are you familiar with the goldilocks rule cody i'm not able to actually open links from the chat oh cody disconnected for a second here let me bring him back Welcome yeah, back. Sorry,
2: had to refresh the page to get Firefox to recognize the mic. Are we doing okay on the popping now?
0: Yeah, actually. Um, also, Phil, you had every chance to just destroy me and you just, just got me down to seven health and drove away. I'm, I'm embarrassed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, are, are you familiar with the Goldilocks rule? Tell me um, about it. I, I'm not. Uh, David, tell us about it. Uh, or we can look it up here. Let me pull it up on the stream here. Um sounds interesting slash goldilocks I mean, Typing it in like I'm a 19.
2: Project should be just hard enough, but not too hard, and not too easy, right?
0: Yeah, I'm gonna skim through this. <laughs>
2: I mean, that's kind of the uh, that flow diagram, right? The skill level of the engineer versus the skill requirements of the task. That Goldilocks rule. I, that's kind of how I'm relating this to what we have said already.
0: Yeah, the human brain loves a challenge, but only if it is within an optimal zone of difficulty. Mm-hmm. Um I feel like I, I'm gonna flag this and uh save this for later because yeah, that's that's cool. Oh wow
2: Will you make it. sure to send that to me in Discord?
0: Yeah, absolutely. But I wanna
2: see it too. Thanks.
0: Um So we got about we got about three minutes left. Man, we've covered some ground. Uh Drew, is it time for our meme?
1: <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> let's let's pull the meme up. Yeah, Something's let's relevant. pull
0: the meme up. I think uh we'll, we'll, time for our next thing to analyze here. This was we were gonna have this be on a free previous stream. I can't remember which one.
1: I Drew. Did you make this one? I might. On? I might have made this one. I don't remember. We we need staff engineering here, but you get the idea.
0: I get the idea. This is using the Jupiter One model, where we actually only have prints. Well, we do have staff engineer now.
1: I'm Phil.
0: Provide clarification for me at a later date of whether we have staff or not, and whether we have. I mean, it.
2: I have heard that Jupiter One's directors are just totally that chill there with the sunglasses, awesome, cool, pooh boy. <laughs>
0: Uh, I realize now this is a very self-serving meme to bring up. (laughs) This will come up on your annual review for sure. Um,
2: Yeah, why'd you get it
0: backwards? (laughs) Why is it going the wrong way?
2: No, I'll be honest. I hate this meme. I absolutely detest it. Really? Yes, I do.
0: Okay, what do you detest about it?
2: I mean, look at the way it portrays uh, a regular engineer.
0: Oh, that's fair. Yeah, engineer, no, I think that's fair. Right, like controversy. Um, I, I actually I think you, you hate the Pooh Bear meme in general. It's like, dude, the Pooh Bear one's my favorite. Like,
2: Boozy no, no, Pooh no, Bear. no, that's fine. But this particular well, instance of a Pooh Bear, it's like, no, I, I actually don't like that. I, I am very much of the opinion that one, uh, w- one of the things I love about Divi is that titles. Uh, are we allowed to swear here? Like, what's our uh, professional grade? uh well, titles don't mean crap and you can fill in however you want that to mean um where
0: it don't mean shit is what where you say, uh,
2: what? yes titles <laughs> don't mean shit there because um so you have our your staff and your senior engineers who go in and are very involved with defining standards but we don't we have uh, mid-level engineers and occasionally even junior engineers get very involved with that or even proposing new standards right and what happens is people start to build up trust based off of their accomplishments rather than using a title as a shorthand for skill or trust Mm. Uh, and i think that's the mark of a healthy culture um and so when i see a meme that is degrading towards like towards uh less senior engineers it's just like no those are very intelligent people and uh if if number one if you consider them that why are you hiring people that you would label as a you you know with that kind of thing and number two why aren't you helping them grow right Um, right Uh, Because one quote I really have wanted to give this whole time is, I firmly believe there's no such thing as a technical decision. There are only cultural decisions and business constraints which define the uh, the technical stuff you will do. There's only culture and business constraints. Those are the only two things that matter because you have an engineer go in and try to deliver the shiny thing. And it's not actually a technical decision. It's a cultural, we're going to do what's fun rather than what's best for the company. It's the way decisions are made. Yeah. Oh. Did I? Oh, okay. I can take a hit, Carter. I can I take it off the game. <laughs> when you're, speaking, you're
0: speaking wrong stuff, man. You get, you're going off script, Cody. Sorry, no, continue. This is, this is gold. Yeah. I love this.
2: There's no such thing as a technical decision. There's only the, the culture of how decisions get made uh, combined with the business constraints that those decisions are trying to solve.
0: Man, I could pick that apart. I like that. I frequently tell people the most important part of like my job and like probably is in this, like the most, like the biggest decision you make is like who you hire, Um, Mm -hmm. and that impacts like every single, that impacts your culture that impacts like, you know, all the other like business constraints and everything that you like end up inheriting, I think, um, I like that. And to be clear to over 2.4 million viewers that we do not actually believe at Jupiter One that programmers or software engineers are the, the derpy poo bear. Um, Drew, why do you have to be so hateful?
1: I did. I found the meme online, excuse me. It was it, It's a meme because it's a joke, not because it's serious.
0: So. Um, before we have our wrap up question. I oh have-
1: man, I, I won't go into that. You, you're getting me heated, Drew.
0: <laughs> I apologize
1: for I do not my memes are always non-literal. Oh, uh, <laughs> For
0: uh, before we said that, anytime I see the Pooh Bear meme, I just like laugh to myself. My two-year-old loves Pooh Bear, but she has like this giant doll of him and she'll freak she know he says oh bother, but she'll like like throw him into the walls and like hit him around and like bang him on the ground and be like, oh bother, oh bother. <laughs> <And> it's like <laughs> 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 like I just like heard her saying it there. I was like, what's she doing? I do She's just like hitting him on the head. So uh
2: oh, she's just, such a cutie.
0: cats, two year olds and Pooh bear dolls are welcome in the comments. Uh please uh shout them out. Um so uh also Ash, the culture of how decisions are made, solid topic for another episode. I completely agree. Um we're at time now, but Cody, kind of in closing. I was recently told you're not supposed to do this uh, for good form on a podcast. And of course I have to publicly shit on that and say, we're going to do it because you're not supposed to do it. What I want to say is Cody, say I'm a principal, you know, I'm a senior level engineer. I'm looking to make the jump into like the staff level um, or something like, what would you do? I kind of also just want to like adopt the format and be like, Cody, say something profound. It's the last like 30 seconds of the episode.
2: I think the key thing, if you want to make the jump from senior to staff, number one, it's going to vary from company to company. But the most solid advice I can give is to straddle that line between the hard skills that got you to be a senior engineer and the soft skills that uh management depends on because if you're going to have influence and gain the trust of the company to have that wider influence on deeper subjects that can have more impact you have to be able to communicate you have to be able to build buy-in you have to be able to lead across teams and that the solid technical skills are just table stakes at that point right they have to be deeper they have to be solid But what's really going to set you apart is being able to sit down. If you want people to make room for you at the table, the decision-making table, you have to be someone who's going to lift the team around you. It's not enough to just be right or think you're right. You have to be able to convince people, build buy-in, and spread your influence in order to get that extra level of trust.
0: Wise words, Cody. Thank you so much. Cody, thank you for joining us on the stream today. Everybody give Cody a round of applause. I guess that thank just, you. Thank just you. Drew and I. Uh, Cody, we appreciate all your time, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Have a good one. See ya. I've got like three people just like blasting my tank right now, and Phil, the vigilant defender, is here helping me. So thank <laughs> you, Phil. I take back all the hurtful things I said in the last, last round. Um, I wonder if you're on the enemy team, so I'm going to blast you as well uh i think that game actually that game is hard to play and talk at the same time but i think it actually it's very very hard
1: i mean i was very focused on the game and also out of my depths in this conversation so i was just absorbing what you guys are saying and destroying your tanks in the process uh you're doing that very very insightful conversation i'm happy i barely contributed (laughs) i agree um so all reviews from uh
0: non-jupiter one like thank you for joining us from all the people on jupiter one joining us i guess i will thank you as well for joining us um when's our next episode it is i'll, I'll answer this time it's mm slash dd i believe it's july 26th is the next one two weeks from today surprise uh yeah uh joining us next time <laughs> i'm frequently asked carter who's joining us on the next episode or on the one after that <laughs> but nay you assume i have planned out that far um but that's actually uh that is not true this time. So we'll be having Patrick Morgan join us next time. Patrick is our principal UX engineer, principal UX designer. He's a UX person on our team who is highly influential and has affected Uber One's uh, growth in a large way. So he'll be joining us. Um, we'll be talking about some interesting things there. So if you're interested in what it's like to make a design library or how to gain actually like a surprisingly large Twitter following, um, these are things that you can ask Patrick about in our next call in our next live stream um anything else before we drop, Drew? you think of anything else no
1: i think that's I it. it so
0: uh is it time to roll with the credits should we do it do thing, do thing. Yeah. go